Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your host Sam Foote and Alan Armstrong. If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Office 365 focused IT security professionals. Each episode, we talk about a specific topic in this space. This week, it's episode 17 of season two. We're going to talk around Microsoft Sentinel, a cloud-native seam, and how it can help with your organization's security. Hey, Alan, uh, how are you doing? Hey, Sam, I'm doing okay. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Um, how are you doing with your jet lag? Are you still on um, Seattle time? Are you back to native uh, uh, time zone now? I think like last time, I th- I think I'm okay. I'm just I think I'm just slowly. I'm tired in the evenings, but that might just be you know hard working, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think just slowly each day you're getting a little bit less tired each evening, right, and get starting to get back to <laughs> to normal rhythm? I, if that makes I, sense. I kind of feel like I'm sleeping better, which is weird. <laughs> But because you're so tired yeah, yeah maybe yes um but yeah so cool cool well the joys of going west to east if that makes sense right it's always worse if i ever go to west coast america it's always worse it's always been worse for me coming back right like you say like this um like drowsiness you know mm. not just for a couple of days you know and i think because you're west coast america the time zone shift is so if there's so many, you know, hours different, right? Like it's it's such a gap between them. I think you can kind of get away with it if you're East Coast America. It's not quite as bad, but West Coast is just yeah, it's it's, it's mental. Okay, um, so so yeah, so this week um we're going to have a chat around um a Sentinel, a product that um Alan especially, but I as well um we spend a lot of time with um day to day. So um and and. You know, in in terms of security, it's quite a pivotal part of Microsoft's um, you know security strategy. I would say, you know, and it's in its tooling and offerings, and we'll we'll go into that. Um, so yeah, so this should be this should be a relatively um, nice episode. Alan is going to take the um, take the lead in terms of being the quotes experts. Um, so I'm going to fire some questions at him to try and extract as much you know value and knowledge out of his brain as we possibly can. Um, and then hopefully we can all learn um, something along the way. Um, and I think even if you are, uh, you know, potentially using Sentinel now, you might still get a few um, nuggets of knowledge. I'll try and probe Alan a little bit deeper on Sentinel because he's not got the excuse of like a new product, a pro- proof of concept or something like that. Sorry, Alan, but um, I will try and get um, as, as many uh, nuggets of uh, knowledge out of him as I possibly can. Okay, um, so without further ado, let's get um, let's get let's get cracking. So, Alan, can you just give us a bird's eye view, a high level like overview of uh, what Sentinel is and what it's what it's trying to achieve? So. Yeah, so it's, Microsoft Central has been around for two years now, I think it is, maybe a little bit longer. Um, but yes, it is a um, security information and event management system, so a SIEM. Um, it also also has the um, capability of SOAR, which is uh, Security um, Orchestration, Automation and Response. And this was kind of the first, uh, not necessarily first, seam tool to have it all built in but definitely cloud native um seam that had you know capability sort of out of the box when it first you know got released um it sits on top of um log analytics which some of our listeners may use day in day out for azure monitor or for log collection in general around azure um 
but yes, it's based on that. And then you know, all your querying against the logs and things like that is all done with um, Kusto Query Language, KQL. Um, and just a little bit of background around Microsoft Sentinel. Um, in essence, um, Microsoft had it as a product, internal product to use as their scene. And, you know, as capability grew with within it, they decided to, in effect, bring it into, you know, their product line because they, you know, someone in, you know, internally sort of said, well, why aren't we like reselling this? You know, it does help, you know, it does compete, start to compete with some of the, you know, the, some of the major teams out there like Splunk and Log Rhythm, et cetera, out there. So, so yeah, that's, it is, is a lightweight thing. There's quite a bit of capability there. Can you, can you just give us a really high level, um, like just a quick walkthrough of like, you know, logs going in versus actions coming out, so to speak, you know, like what's, what are the types of things that you pump into Sentinel and then what maybe like just one example of what you then might do off of the back of, you know, any of, any of that information coming out? Well, to be honest, we probably need to talk about what a seam is because yep. it's all right me saying it. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, that the acronym for yeah. it, but what does it actually mean? Yeah. So a Steam tool is an environment or a product that is able to collect security logs from multiple products. So that could be firewalls, um, Windows servers, Linux servers, um, applications, um, and things like that. And, or, you know, uh, web gate gateways and, and, you know, so various things like that. And, it's to collect security logs. So this is a location where, in effect, you're collecting all your log, all of your logs, and you keep them for X amount of time. Um, and then that system is able to um, aggregate, correlate those logs. So then you can start picking up patterns within your environment. So you might be able to see, you know, someone's. Um, the idea is that you might be able to detect an attacker and their their route and what they're you know compromising potentially. So it's more of a system to allow you to alert and give you sight of or visibility at least about what's happening within your environment and that could be i say like an external attacker there but it could be an insider because you know that is a risk as well so that's kind of its capability there from a seat you know what a scene kind of does or my perspective of it anyway um so the idea is that with with a seam and a, and a saw capability is that you've got those logs. They're being ingested um, from various locations. Like you can also do as your AD within Microsoft Sentinel. Um, it then means that you can, once an alert, once um, uh, an event has happened within those logs determined by yourselves or by, you know, within the rules that are, are within Sentinel or within a seam, um, it then creates an incident that incident can then trigger automation so that could be as an example that um a user a, a user uh a user in finance has all of a sudden got enterprise admin on active directory maybe you've got something that says i want to detect when someone changes their role because it's un it's rare or you should know about it um that gets triggered as an, as an alert um, it might be a low level at this time because you don't know what's happening. Um, then you can trigger some automation. This could be to going check the um, other logs 
to see if there's any other activity around it, depending on what you want to do for your automation. It might just be business process. So it might be that this is triggered. So instead of something have to watch it, it sends someone an email. Or it could be a bit more than that, that it goes off to a ticketing system and creates an creates a ticket in there for someone to look at and it could also do um some triaging for you you know go and check you know as the user recently changed their password you know have they been logging on from different locations that are you know not normal for them you know you know maybe financing is in a certain subnet a a different you know certain building um and now they're logging on from the it department or something or you know something like that so you can start detecting that sort of stuff so you can then increase the risk of that incident or the severity um and then yes and then potentially you know it goes to the the infosec team or the the SOC internal or managed service um and they you know deal with the alert appropriately depending on the the information okay so the five the five to ten second view is you ingest your logs from like anything that spews out logs for instance you know that it might be relevant to you know your security posture then you have some level of i'll call it um rules um d- d- detections that run triggers triggers yeah. detect yeah a great 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 word um and then from that then you can um you can respond to those to those you know those triggers that fire you know you create incidents you you shout at people and tell you know um, people about it. You might um, fire an automation, you know, for some of your more critical. You know, it might be like, you know, um, a user is acting weird. Lock them out of their account. You know, like whatever the whatever it is and whatever level you want to take that to, I suppose. Right? You know, and that's that's yes. that's custom to, to to your business, I suppose. I, okay, that's 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 amazing, and I think thank you very much for going through Siemens Saw as well, um, because it might be that people that haven't really started off with sentinel um or might not maybe um you know m- maybe some people are just um grabbing you know defender alerts right and and actioning off of off of those things and not in a singular pane and um and and bringing them all together in sentinel seems to be very powerful you know because it's one singular place where you can like aggregate all of those different viewpoints right yeah absolutely and if we talk about Microsoft Center itself, there is also a um, AI capability in the background as well. So it's they call it um, Fusion rules. So in the background, it's looking at the the logs coming in and the behavior, and it may trigger based on certain information. So it might be that um, there's been some inc- or alerts or incidents been generated by the system, and we'll talk about the analytic rules in a minute. Um, multiples of those may trigger the the AI to, in effect, think, well, actually, I'm seeing this user you know, trigger like three or four things in three or four different systems. So I need to like flag this up now. So I've, you know, it's a bit more, you know, intelligent or correlated um, sort of instance at that point. Yeah. So, so it can sort of infer context around like individual alerts, br- bring them together. And then, you know, maybe you've got like, a bunch of you know um low severity you know um low severity alerts for a user then you tie those together in some sort of chain and you think actually this is really suspicious behavior now because it's not just you know um somebody's reset their password it's somebody's reset their password and then 
they've logged in from a different, you know, a different country that they don't normally log into. And then they do X, Y, and Z. And those things in isolation might not actually be that like worrisome, if that makes sense, you know, like, um, you know, um, uh, Bill from accounting is logged in from, you know, a country that he doesn't work, you know, or, a, an, a you know, a new location that we've never seen before, you know, in isolation, that's absolutely fine, because Bill's down working at the coffee shop for one day. But actually, with a bunch of other, you know, context and around that, then I suppose that can be quite, you know, that can be quite powerful that you can like clump those alerts into, you know, um, into actionable incidents. So, okay, amazing. Okay, so um, we kind of have a bird's eye view of Sentinel. Uh, logs in, actions out, lots of very complex technology in between. Um, but can you sort of break down Sentinel into some of its capabilities and what those capabilities sort of aim to, to, to do um, for us? Yeah, sure. So I'll quickly run through these because there's quite a few here. Um, so you've got connectors, and this is how you get data into Sentinel, and there's various things. Um, we'll talk about it just in just a minute. Um, you've got notebooks, which are Juniper notebooks, so written in Python, and this backs onto Microsoft's AI engine that you can, um, or cognitive services, things like that, that you can use to... Um, to run through a, an investigation so you can almost like part automate some of the, the processes you might do and and see see it from there um you have workbooks which are in effect um dashboards so these are using azure monitor workbooks that sit on ba the back of you know log analytics so you can visualize some of the information we're seeing and there are um some microsoft uh, workbooks already integrated that you can install as well as uh, third-party ones out there um the next bit is one of the main parts of Sentinel and the analytic rules. And again, we'll talk about this later, but this is in effect how you trigger an incident or an alert within Sentinel based on your KQL query or based on some of the default um, rules in there. Um, the next bit, again, is probably as, as important is the automation. So this is where you can um, trigger on a instant and launch a playbook um, or a logic app to, in effect, you know, do you do that automation, whatever it might be. The next part is hunting queries. So uh, Microsoft provides some some out of the box there. So it's it's checking for certain activities within your environment, looking at all the logs, and you can build your own. And there are some um, uh, solutions that can ingest some or inject some new ones, or your managed service can add some more in there. Um, you then have advanced hunting where you can write you know uh dive into the logs themselves and um write queries using the kql to search all of the logs uh however you need to so you can do that sort of advanced hunting that way um next bit is entity behaviors so this is using uh user entity behavior analytics uh, so based on the information coming in from Azure AD, Active Directory and a few other data sources it can build a picture about the user's normal behavior and then it can work on um, anom you know, anom anomalies based on that data. Um, that can also be around devices as well and um, other sort of things in Azure. Um, the next bit is threat intelligence. So you can um, push in threat intelligence directly into Sentinel and then use it as part of your queries. Um, so that's one, one part there. Um, and then I kind of talked about it a little bit, but Content Hub 
which allows you to, in effect, um, third parties to um, put their solutions into this content hub, um, which is like, a, in effect, a, a solution is a package of different things. So it could be a connector. So like um, Ubiquity have got a connector for their, you know, their, their network products. And then they can do, they've got some default analytic rules and um, hunting queries and things like that. So you, and workbooks. So uh, uh, Cisco and HPs and various other um, like firewalls and things and other sort of um, security products as well. I've put some solutions together so they can you can help ingest your data. Um, and then finally, you've got the community area. Now this is going off to uh, Microsoft Sentinels or Microsoft's at least um, Git repo or GitHub repo, and this is where you know Microsoft are putting all that analytic rules, any um, queries, playbooks, examples, things like that in there, as well as the community contributing to that. The other part to that is that you can also hook up um, a Git repository to Sentinel to push your content, so doing CICD with it. Okay, so that was a whistle-stop tour, obviously, and there yes. is, and, and I think... Like like you said originally, there is um, so many different, I'll call them, you know, capability feature areas within inside of Sentinel. Um, can can I just um, go through and just clarify a few things with you, uh, which I think yep. uh, could could be quite important. So what what you're effectively saying is is that um, analytic rules. Um, workbooks notebooks um uh, basically all of these types of content that you've t you've talked about are user managed if that makes sense out of the box you know it is sentinel something that is simply turn on and it's effective or do, do i do i need to be a content expert to to sort of string uh, string everything together to make a an effective solution if that makes sense so uh, out of the box, you know, there are some connectors in there to get get some things in. You do have to know a bit of knowledge about how to get that some of that data in. Some of it is really easy, like Azure AD. You know, you go in there, you find the Azure AD connector and you click connect. Because it's first party, that's it. The logs are, are start coming in. Microsoft Defender or the Microsoft 365 Defender Suite, same thing. You tick a box, you can pull some of the other extra logs in there. And they go in Azure Activity, relatively simple. And there's a lot of documentation about the connectors as well. Microsoft done a good job about that, and so has the, the third parties. So getting the data in is relatively simple. There are some weird and wonderful and complex things you may have to do for some data sources. It's not all, you know, you know, that's part of the reason why, you know, there's managed services and um you know us around as well. So it's not Yeah. Okay, so um, so so what what you're effectively saying, if it's first party like um, Office three six five or a Defender mm -hmm. product, what what you're effectively saying is is that those integrations are relatively trivial uh, to do, yep. and with the inbuilt, let's say the inbuilt um, alerts that come from those systems, um, it, it's relatively easy just out of the box to connect them and to start to gain value of like a centralized. Um, centralized viewpoint for those alerts coming in, right? It's it, it seems like when you start to talk about, okay, I've got a, I've got my own app that I've built it in, in, you know, internally, and I want to start feeding the logs in from that, or some, you know, um, 
some separate third party system that's when it starts to get a little bit more advanced in terms of like the coverage of like inbuilt analytic rules and content that's inside of sentinel is that fair to say yep and some of the connect to the firewalls things like that you know the um common event um format sitsef stuff you know it's not necessarily really difficult to set up but it's just it is a bit more advanced than just you know flicking a switch um and as you said baked into sentinel as a start at least definitely for all the the, the connectors that are in there by default there are some templated analytic rules in there ready for you to turn on and enable based on what you think you need to see if you turn them all on it might be a bit too noisy because you may not need to worry about you need to you need to understand your environment and you know how it works because every you know every environment's different it might be that something that you do day to day which is absolutely fine sentinel will pick up and say well this is a bit you know it, it creates noise or false positives so there is a bit of tweaking in there as well but you can definitely get a view of it uh, okay. or a feel of how powerful it is just by turning some basic yeah. stuff on so be- because everybody's it estate uh the the software and, and and systems that they have um their their estate is very very bes- you know every business is bespoke in, in that regard right you know the things that they do have they don't have their license for they do or don't want to turn on as part of their licensing and things like that that can all make t- make a big difference in terms of how say complex the sentinel integration really is right you know in terms of content that they have to make might have to create themselves the connectors that they've got to do um and and really we we are what what we're sort of saying is is that somebody is going to need to champion the integration of sentinel into the business right whether that is a partner that comes in and gives you that knowledge or a contractor or a you know somebody inside of your organization that is um wanting to you know uh, to 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 integrate sentinel into you know effectively skill up and understand what sentinel does um we we are got we've got to expect that there is a level of uh, configuration there you know and and opposed to that might be something like um um defender for office for for instance or, or whatever whatever defender it is that is doing all of the like um the the log scanning and the intelligence and hunting and everything for you um, you're effectively just, you know, getting the alerts out of it. But here we're talking about potentially just like raw log streams that need to be processed and understood. It does. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's a bit of um, understanding or. Uh, yeah, understanding what logs you actually need that are of value, because there's no point ingesting logs that you, you're you never going to use. You, know, you need to keep it lean as and when you need it. Um, and, you know, somebody coming from another seam product that's looking to my, to migrate, you know, they're going to know that, you know, they're going to have that full knowledge about what data they want. And uh, yes, the, the way you ingest the data is slightly different, but the concept's the same. So you've got that kind of background knowledge. I think if you knew, you know, I think if you had a background in, in you know, managing seams, you would uh, pick it up relatively quickly. Yeah. Okay, so so basically, we're saying that if if your organization's at a, at a stage where it's it's requiring seam and saw because of its scale, regulatory, like whatever the the reason is, then um, your sort of thought process is that anybody that's you know um needing to look after that may be coming from another seam or saw product, and if if they are, then that's 
it's it's not that that obviously has its own massive you know features and benefits but yeah. also it's not alien to other semen saw products if that makes sense it's in the same family Co- of, same of concepts yeah. things like that it's not a much of a learning as much learning curve yeah. there's things in there that are completely different so there is going to be a learning curve but yeah. at least getting the data in which is the, the yeah. most important part the, is yeah. Yeah, it's covered. The only reason why I said that is because, uh, like, you've um, been through, just gone through, like, I think it's like twelve different sections, right? You know, <laughs> and there's, and that, so that is like, if it's twelve, that's twelve different things that I've got to learn about. That's twelve things I've got to know about. And when it comes to, you know, secu- security, especially, you know, uh, we we know this. It's around, um, you know, discovery, visibility, and then you know the effectiveness of the tools that you put on top of that in you know those feeds of data. So, because a, a lot of people can, you know, because when it's when you're talking about security, that's such an important part in in every business, uh, you know, um, you know, in, in in you know in this day and age that um understanding that you've configured things correctly and you've got the coverage that you want and the effectiveness that you want you know um is 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 hard to achieve so i i think i think we're putting this in the this is medium to adv- you know advanced specialization you know like you know if you if you just want intelligence you know or alerts coming out of it then you're going to have you know uh you know the defender suite to 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 help you with that this is this is taking it to the next level isn't it in terms of automation and and things like that yeah and i think it's worth sort of mentioning as well that uh, because it's it's cloud native um there i'm uh, i don't know too much about other competitors so i can't sort of judge about them but i think a lot of them have been sort of you build a vm and you have to then get the discs ready and everything they have to do backup restore etc things like that but because it's native you only pay for what you use so even a small organization can have this in a lightweight way you know if you think about a 30 person organization or 30 user organization you know they may not have like 10 firewalls and things like you know going to be pretty small and probably you know quite you know compact you know maybe they've got a smb firewall or something like that you know it's gonna be relatively trivial really more it's, it's gonna be more about securing the devices things like that and Office 365 and, and, and that. So for them to cons- to use it and have that capability, even just to do alerting on unusual behavior within Office 365 and Azure AD, you know, that's quite powerful yeah. in itself. And it wouldn't cost them uh, that much, depending on, you know, the information going in and how much we ingest. But generally, you know, Office 365, Azure AD stuff is, is quite cheap. Some of it's free, which we'll talk about later. But yeah. Okay, so what so what you're also saying is if if you happen to be the persona of a IT professional looking after a small to medium sized business, let's say thirty to hundred seats or, or whatever it is, um, then you know because it's it's pay per you know consumption gigabyte uh, effectively. What you're saying is is that uh, starting to gain value from Sentinel can be had like relatively um relatively easy from an effort perspective and also a cost perspective right you know in, in getting you that singular uh pane of glass because yeah I, I completely agree with you because um before i started to really get in involved in using sentinel i just i kind of assumed that um even smaller organizations that maybe have 10 20 seats something like that it would be overkill for but actually even just even just pumping in like all of the defender products into sentinel to get it into like 
one place if that makes sense with all of the extra it doesn't actually you know from a an effort perspective if you know it, it's not unless you're doing like more complex you know um integrations and connectors right um you can you can gain a lot of value just from like connecting you know the in the first party um integrations from from microsoft right you know it's yeah give you and that. and kind of what i was trying to get to was that you know if with other scene products i assume or at least older versions of them um maybe they have gone cloud native now that you had to buy like you know because you've got to store that data for x amount of time you've got to buy a big you know, storage device with, you know, compute and everything. You've got to buy it up front and you may not even use it or you might not even consume all of it. So there's, there's a big upfront cost. And like I said, you may have to buy two of them in a different location to make sure, you know, you've got the data for your, your that side of things where, you know, Sentinel is you pay for what you use sort of thing. So it's very easy to, to start that journey, at least. Even if you're trialing it, you can you can get into it a little bit and improve that that functionality over time. Okay, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. I completely agree with you. So, um, one of the main um sort of I say one of the most important parts, probably <laughs> the most important part, is um firstly getting the data into Sentinel. So, so how um how how easy is it to do that? And can you just sort of you know explain? what the sort of you know the, the the process is for doing that yeah so we kind of touched on it a couple of times so one part of it is if it's first party most of it is click and click and go so that could be you know azure ad office 365 um azure activity uh, microsoft 365 defender products and there's a few others in there that is an effect click choose what logs you want to ingest because some of them might just be instant click save and then you know it self configures, providing you have permission to do you know to access those products. Once those are in, um, that's great. Um, there are some other third party connectors, like I said, and some of them are API based, or you need a function app. Like Opta needs a function app to, in effect, pull the logs and then ingest it into Sentinel. Again, documentation is all there, all documented. And it's relatively easy to set up, so it's not like it's not that difficult. Um, You've got other ones which require, um, like I think I mentioned, um, like syslog or CF, common event um, format, um, being pulled in. So you have to put an agent on premise um, to, in effect, um, send the logs from those appliances to that and it then ingests it. Again, not too difficult, just needs a bit of planning. Um, and there's different, as, as well as that, you can do Windows servers and Linux servers. So syslog again, but um, with it's the same thing you have to put an agent on them, which is now the Azure monitoring agent. It was called Microsoft monitoring agent, but they've moved to AMA. Um, so that's fine. And that's really easy to set up as well. You can choose which logs you want to pull up so you can make sure you don't bring up to the logs you don't want. Um, that was a slight problem or risk with Microsoft monitoring agent because it pulled up a certain, you know, pulled up pretty much everything. And you didn't have any flexibility within it. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, there's some other connectors which have some, um, like like I said, function apps or um, other methods of how you get it in there. But a lot of it is very documented by the third parties. Um, and the, the community is good for, for seeing that sort of information. So it generally isn't too bad. There are some really complex, like I said before, there are some really complex um, scenarios and things like that. But to get in sort of the, the 
the mo- the main stuff is quite easy. I well, I feel it's quite easy. And you know, two years ago, I wouldn't have dealt with a seam. So I mean, I've sort of lived with Sentinel as it's grown as well. So okay, yeah, and I suppose what they're attempting to do is foster that community of you know, um, you know, third party applications and appliances. Right, it's in their best interest in in some respects to 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 connect to these you know these scene tools because of their popularity and what their customers want and also you've got community gap filling as well right and sharing its insights and trying to build you know um the most secure you know environments that they possibly can right you know because from you know if you're a um if you work internally and you know at, at a company and you can you can uh, build a connect or build some sort of content that you could share with the community, then effectively you are going to, you know, enrich the security of the whole community, not just your own. Right. So I, I do, it's, it's really amazing to see um, the collaboration that happens on GitHub around, um, you know, uh, creating new content and, um, and sharing that uh, with the community. It's, it's, it's quite amazing to see. Yeah. And it's probably worth mentioning, as you kind of said about building a connector that that is possible, you know, it's not, you know, if there's not a connector, that's it. You can't ingest the data. You can build a custom one. Um, and I don't think it's too difficult. I've never done it myself. Um, colleagues have, but I think it's relatively easy, providing you know where the logs are and things like that, then you can, you know, in effect, consume them and, and send them up. Yeah, so. because it's built on log analytics, and effectively that is for storing massive amounts of, you know, log entries, right? You know, so I suppose... And uh, log analytics, you know, is been around for a long time, right? You know, it, you know, yeah, even in its current form. So mm-hmm. I suppose we 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 gain off the back of that the maturity in terms of ingesting log events, right? And and how you do that. Um, we do have some changes happening uh, with that, but um, but it, it is great that yeah, effectively, like you, like you said, if you've got something that produces logs, there will be a way to get it into into. Well, log analytics and or Sentinel, which are effectively yeah. the same thing. Okay, um, so we've we talked about um, capabilities and, and and connections. Now, um, how easy is it to create um, like alerts and incidents? Um, you know, how does how does that process um, play out? So, so uh, the analytic rules are based on a KQL query, so. Providing you can create the, use the, the KQL to, to in effect, um, be able to search the, the data that's um, been um, stored you're out, and you're able to create a, uh, get an output in effect about what you want to be able to find within that data, then you can save it in effect as a log analytics rule. Um, when you do that, then you're able to then add um, entity mapping onto it. So if you've got like, if you're searching at um, sign-in logs, um, you can then map a, a, a user entity from that into there. So then you can look at the investigation piece um, and you can do things like you can create instance or you can just generate alerts um, and trigger automation. So in effect, that whole sort of bit is, it's relatively easy to do, providing you know what, you, you, you learn a bit of the KQL and you know what you want to search for. I think that's the difficult part is working out what you want to trigger on and then trying to you know use the data to um to, you know write the kql to to you know to to create it okay so, yeah. yeah yeah so i suppose 
it is all around that content creation, that rule creation, you know, that's what's going to, you know, um, to, to give you those, to give you those insights. Um, so should we have a quick chat around automation? And um, because I think that is really powerful that you've effectively got a 24 seven system looking, you know, looking, um, looking at the events that are happening in your, in your in your estate and then what sort of level of automation that can can be achieved um, off the back of that yeah so when you when you want when, when an incident is triggered um, you can then trigger a playbook and a playbook in the Microsoft Sentinel sense is a logic cap within Azure so we've talked about you know logic caps previously in our one of our uh, episodes um, episode 13 around our serverless application architecture um, and how we use them. But in effect, you can build that pro that business process or um, uh, some of that automation, even if it's just to create a ticket, it might be that when instance created and it's a, a, a medium to high severity, you want to create a ticket in your ticketing system and send an email to somebody that's relatively trivial to do. In, in in log analytics because you know in fact you can do anything in log analytics that you want to providing you know apis are available and things like that in other systems but with the with the the log analytics or the automation you know you could do something like this user has been triggered because they've signed in you know they've done an impossible travel into you know they were first in the uk or the us and now they're in um it now in in china or australia you know, and there's no way it's impossible for them to get there within 10 minutes sort of thing. And with that, you might want to go off and, you know, email the manager and say, hey, are they on holiday? Should they be accessing it from the UK and they can have a, or from Australia or um, China? Yes, no. If they say yes, then it's fine. You know, dismiss the alert. If they say no, then you can go off and disable the account or reset all sessions or just do reset sessions. The other thing that you can do is that, you know, the IP address that they're coming from, you could go and query virus total to see if it's been classed as malicious at some point. So you can do that at like triaging without it being an actual person looking at it and doing that research. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds um, that sounds really powerful. And, you know, anything that we can do, uh, well, I'm going to say, you know, because I'm like a lazy ex developer, right? Like, as in, I'm I'm all about automation, right? But it it does seem really powerful that you could start to build a library of automations that could help you, you know, triage certain situations, right? Where you know that it's just like impossible travel. Let's just lock about, you know, like you know, because it makes sense to, you know, if we've got a high probability of, you know, you know, um, impossible travel to a region that we definitely don't have any presence in then we should, you know, we should, we should attempt to do that. I mean, that's not, that's not foolproof, is it? You know, whatsoever, but, but there is a level of, you know, you could have a good level of overprotection there, if that makes sense. Right. Um, you could get annoying with false positives, you know, you, you might have, you know, people connecting with VPNs or, you know, glitches in the matrix and, you know, IP address, you know, lookups that just aren't that accurate. Um, but like you say, if you've, if you've got it, you know, if you've got some sort of threat intelligence, um, like a lookup to, you know, uh, scan against a threat intelligence feed for a malicious, known malicious IP address, um, X, Y, and Z, you can start to build really powerful automations um, from, from from that perspective. Yeah, I mean, one of the ones I've seen in the community or one of the, the firewall suppliers have done, I think it might have been Palo Alto and Cisco, um, that 
if you know if there's an instant internally and you want to block the IP address on the firewalls, in effect that playbook can go off to on premise and actually go and set that firewall rule, yeah. and then block it from the firewall, which is in you know insane sort of thinking about it. I mean, it could be quite dangerous at the same time. Don't get me wrong, if there's false positives, things like that. But with extra checks, it could be that it has to be validated by somebody that says yes, go and do it. So there's there's a you know some human check kind of there. Um, but yeah, and one thing just to mention as well is that whilst I said that if something gets triggered and then you do it, what you can also do is build playbooks to perform actions if you're in the incident and you're looking at the information. So you can say, I'm looking at this incident. Okay, now run this playbook. So you trigger it on demand kind of thing in case there's just like an action one, like go and, uh, go and um, reset all the user sessions. So instead of being automated, you can go into the, the investigation. Go, Actually, yeah, I want to do that. Press that button, go off and do it. Previously, you talked to, uh, pretty quickly about advanced hunting. Can you can you sort of explain that in a little bit more depth and and why that's so that's so powerful? So whilst you know you might get an instant, there's there's two sort of concepts, I guess. There's one that is you know you've got an instant and then you need to go and do some further investigation within the data. Because you might only get like a snapshot of an instant, you know, this user is you know, it's done impossible travel and maybe you haven't got any other analytic rules to detect other things around that time. So by able to go into the the log, the raw logs themselves and run KQL, you can start doing that research or investigation using, you know, in effect advanced hunting. So going through the data itself and looking for those um, anomalies around that instant. So that's one part. The other part might be that something as you're just you know looking through that data to see if there's any anomalies anyway because you know pro in effect proactive hunting you might have some um there might be a new threat that's come out maybe and then you're just you're just going to do some advanced hunting in the raw data to see if you can see any like similar activity around it so you're you know again being proactive with with your hunting um but but yeah i think that's the kind of the the couple of concepts that you can you, you've got the raw data there you can query it and you know, manipulate, correlate that data as much as you, you want to. And those KQL queries can be as complex as you want them to be. But, you know, it's, it's, it's relatively flexible about, about how you build those queries. Okay, great. Um, and a big topic in um, the security space at the moment is um, um, extended uh, detect and response, uh, XDR or managed xdr um how how is how is sentinel um uh, supporting that and 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 allowing that to happen in the organization so so microsoft's take on uh xdr is using microsoft 365 defender and that is using all of the defender products so that is defend for cloud um from the azure and cloud other cloud perspectives um as well as uh, defender for endpoint Defender for Identity, Defender for Office, and Defender for Cloud Apps. So using all of those technologies that, you know, in effect feed into the Microsoft 365 Defender portal. Um, so that's kind of building sort of the part of the X XDR solution that Microsoft has, um, covering, you know, identity, application, endpoints, and data. But moving that data or moving the alerts into Sentinel brings that even, you know, extending that visibility even more with you know the third you know the other the, the firewalls and the network side of things as well so 
it's it's making it into that full you know mxdr or xdr solution at that point and you know like ourselves where we're you know we're doing managed services as an organization that we work with you know there we've got our own you know we're using those products as well to you know as our service okay great yeah i think we need to do an actual whole episode on xdr and how that how that fits into the ecosystem right because i think that's uh yeah. i think that's a really and i think microsoft have got some really good and i'm sure others do uh, but we're sort of in microsoft's world um i think microsoft's got some great positioning around the value proposition of xdr and why why people should be thinking holistically single pane of view uh, sort of, you know uh, and trying to bring everything into one place uh, uh, basically and when that aligns with Microsoft's greater sort of security focus on multi-cloud and, and bringing things together into control planes, right? So yeah, and yeah. integrations and stuff like that. Integrations yeah. into one singular place. So I think we should have one on XDR because I think it's gonna it's gonna really cement like our sort of one one part of our security sort of philosophy, if that makes sense, and our, our strategy as well. So I think that that would be really good for people to sort of um, try and uh, tr- try and try to understand. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like we do on every single topic, Alan, how much am I going to get fleeced for uh, Sentinel? <laughs> can I can you can we talk about some costs and try and um try and demystify sort of um licensing and, and things like that? Yes, so just before we talk about costings, um there is a free trial for 30 days, I think it is for Sentinel. Um Unlimited usage for 30 days? Uh, I believe it is 10 gigabytes of data per day, which is quite a lot for for starting up. Okay. Um, Great. And what we also need to mention is that some of the logs are free to ingest. So it doesn't cost you. So those are Azure activity logs. So, you know, activity happening on Azure, you know, people changing things and things like that. Office 365 audit logs, including all of SharePoint activity, Exchange admin activity, and Teams. And that's quite, you know, that's going to be quite a lot of data there of, you know, what people are doing within Office 365. Yeah, definitely. Um, You've also got um, security alerts, security alerts, sorry, from Microsoft Defender for Cloud, um, Microsoft 365 Defender, and in effect, all the Microsoft Defender products. So I'll go through them again. So Microsoft Defender for Office, Microsoft Defender for Identity, Microsoft Defender for Endpoint and Microsoft Defender for Cloud Apps. So all the alerts from the, from the, those products, which in effect go into Microsoft 365 Defender Portal, security at Microsoft.com, can be pushed into Sentinel, Microsoft Sentinel for free. So that's a real big like piece there. You've got quite a lot of your Office 365 or your Microsoft stuff going in there for free. Um, Azure AD sign-in logs and things like that aren't free, um, but generally don't make too much noise or don't cost too much generally depends on the size of organization at that point but yeah um so going back to the actual costings so um it's it's billed by um in effect gigabyte per day um if you use less than a gig then you only get charged for what you actually use it's not like a minimum a gig which is good um but the the minimum sort of pricing they show is you know gigabyte per day um, you can use the Microsoft calculator. Um, it's a little bit complex in that um, you have to pay for Azure 
um, log analytics costing as well as Microsoft Center on top. Um, so you pay in effect for the the storage and then the the the, you know, the the security part of it on top. But for one gig per day um, for a month would be one hundred and thirty five pounds and thirty p, which seems quite quite a lot. But I think it's relatively competitive to other seams and their ingestion rates and costs. But that's broken down into um, Sentinel costing £2.29 per day per gig and Log Analytics being uh, £2.68 per gig per day. So depending on how much you're ingesting, you know, it, it does depend on that. Um, but Microsoft have a um, reservation sort of functionality within it so that you can say, um, I'm going to ingest 100 gig a day so they're going to give so that you're going to pre-commit to that and you can set it on the sentinel itself and that means that you get a discount so for microsoft sentinel piece um going up to 100 gigabyte per day tier is is 50 percent off so it only costs one pound 15 per gig per day which is a crazy i feel is a crazy discount for that first tier especially when you when you hear about the azure monitor log analytics like discount so that means that if you hit uh, 51 gig of ingestion per day, you might as well just go to that tiering because then basically 51 to 100 is free at that point. Okay. Yeah. For you, and you're paying the same thing. So that's that's very good. Um, for Azure Monitor, 100 gig per day reservation tier is 15% discount. So there's a big difference, but that's probably because that's a lot of, there's a lot of compute there. That's basically, it's the core of it. So I can kind of understand why it's only 15%. And that is two pound twenty eight per gigabyte per day, if in effective cost. There, um, there are other things you can do, and I think we've kind of talked about it at some point about Microsoft Defender for Cloud. That if you've got Defender Microsoft Defender for Cloud enabled against a Windows server, then you can bring in security logs, and you get five hundred megabytes per day ingestion for free, or included in the pricing of Microsoft Defender for Cloud Plan 2, is what I should say. But it works out a lot cheaper, in effect. It, it almost costs neutrals, the Defender for Cloud pricing. Um, yeah, and, and there's a few other things around Microsoft 365 E5. If you've got those um, things, you get something like 5 five or 10 meg of ingestion per day per user for some of the logs So um, for free. So there's a little bit of a discount there as well if you're E5. Okay, so it's all consumption based. There's not, you know, it's and it's all as your spend as well, right? It's not licensed through. It is, even though it's been rebranded Microsoft, it is a. It sits inside of Azure and it's built, you know, in that side consumption based. Yep. And like as you've said, if you're anything over fifty gig, you effectively should go on to the the first 100 gig a month tier, which is like a pre... Uh, Pre-commit. Uh, Pre-commit, yeah. a reserved commit. What, how, yeah, I don't know the actual um, the terminology for that. But um, so it's like a pre-commit value. And effectively, if you are getting to the... So we're saying 100 gigabytes per day. Is yes. that right? Not 100 gigabytes a per month. That's no. effectively like what three terabytes per month at that around three terabytes per yeah. month at that point which yeah that sounds like quite a lot of logs three and, terabytes per month right 
and, and it's probably of, of also worth mentioning that because you've got Sentinel enabled on Log Analytics, your attention for 90 days is included in the pricing of that. So you can retain it for 90 days for, for free, but including the price. And then it's an X amount for after that, if you want right, to keep okay. it retained. Okay, so I've also got a potential like um, log backup functionality in some respects, like an off-site backup for all of my logs really at that point as well, right? Because I could, if I wanted to, if I was a bit, if well, if I had like three terabytes a month, I might not do this, but I could extend out that 90 days to say 180 days or a year or something like that. Maybe I've got some sort of audit requirement or or, or something like that. I can actually extend um, th- those those values out if I want to and get retention and backup um, from, from that perspective. Yeah, and recently the pricing changed as well around, or they gave the ability to archive logs, which meant that in effect it goes into cold storage. So you can't query it directly, but you can run these, um, you can run searches against it and it will bring the data up and do the search for you. So, and that is a, a heavily reduced price because in effect you're not touching it. So it might be that you have 90 days worth of active logs or maybe six months, 180 days worth of active logs. And then the rest of it is archived for maybe for that the other six months or 18 months, depending on what you need in case you need to pull it back out of in effect, cold storage or archive. If we think about a, a you know, a, um, a storage account and how you know their tiering of storage works that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Okay. Um, is there any other bits of we've been going for a while? So I think we're up to nearly an hour. I think something like that. <laughs> so is there is there any other parts of Sentinel that you think we've missed, Alan, um, or or anything before we start to wrap up? Yeah, I think we didn't really talk about the investigation piece because you can in effect get a. Um, a gr- you know in effect you get all the entities in a list and you can start investigating the alerts that are all attached to that instant but also you can build a um, instant graph so you can start seeing all the entities on a page and then you can hover over them and then it will say oh i've seen this other activity or they've been talking to other you know this user's been on other machines and you can click that and then it will show all the other devices they've been so you can like in effect, see what's happening with that user or that device or that IP, you know, as that IP tried to sign in with multiple users. And then you can realize, you know, start seeing some realization about the attack, okay. potential attack. Okay. So, from, so, so, so if I'm, if I'm some sort of security professional analyst that's doing an investigation, um, trying to understand effectively hundreds of thousands or millions of like log entries, right? Um, it's effectively going to build me like a dependency graph of entities that I can visually sort of browse through and um, and 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 hunt through to understand, like you say, like isolate this IP address. What is this IP address done in the last twenty four hours, eight hours, whatever time period you want, and then see the interaction that that IP address has had across multiple potential platforms in your organization. And um and and where it's where that IP address has been used to do X Y and Z, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And another piece that we probably want to quickly talk about is just the the entity page that I mentioned. In in essence, you can go to that and you can search for a user, a device, or a Azure resource. Um, select it, and then then it will tell you how many instances they've had against them. Their active, you know, if it's a user, their Active Directory or Azure AD information. And how many sign-ins they've had, or any Active Directory active, you know, act, 
things have been you know, new groups added, things like that. So it's like a whole page just about a user or about an entity, which is really powerful as well if you're trying to do some general investigation, maybe, or as part of that. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you very much, Alan, for your sort of in-depth um walk. Well, I say in-depth. No, it's still pretty high <laughs> level, actually, to be honest with you. There's just I say your yeah, large quantities of areas that we've talked about, I think is the best better way of putting it, actually. <laughs> okay, let's do a little bit of uh, reflection. So Sentinel, Microsoft Sentinel is a cloud native seam um, and saw um, a, a product. I think it's fair to say if you are um, proficient in other seam and saw products, you're going to feel generally at home uh, with, with, with Sentinel. Um, you're going to be able to um quickly well quickly bring up sentinel because it's cloud first cloud native there's no infrastructure um, to build it's fully managed for you um so some people may see that as a benefit some people may not but from our perspective um it is possible to move quickly and with less operational overhead which is always a, a bonus for people that are very busy um, it helps to remediate and um, secure uh, devices. Let's, I'll actually change that to entities, you know, inside of your organization, because we're talking about, you know, entities could be um, identities. They could be like devices. They could be systems. They could be many different things, couldn't they, that we're, we're, we're sort of man- uh, monitoring and tracking. Um, th- I would say it's probably got the most flexible... Uh, license it possibly can you know full consumption based i mean you could also argue that that could end up you know hurting larger larger users but there is a very generous discounting strategy going on there with um um, pre-provisioned throughput um it's it's aiming to cover most if not all of the platforms that you've got inside of your business um Unless you know, like 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 you've you've talked about first party integrations with Microsoft is obviously you know top of their priority list, but also with other major, you know your um, your octas, your um, a- anything else that c- could potentially feed in, you know, um, a popular firewall vendors, you know, I'll call them network appliance vendors. There are first party integrations with those. Um, and like you say, you know, um, syslog and uh, common event format um, is is supported throughout to to enable that that ingestion. Um, so there are additional add-ons um, that can help to, uh, to 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 manage and do uh, further assessments. Um, and we've also seen that you know Sentinel has you know, many different, I'll call them features that allow you to not just ingest this information, but then to make sense and to action that invest uh, that that data if you then want to uh, further on. So that's where you're getting this full end-to-end seam saw and automation, you know, uh, part of it with a big, with a big, big focus of artificial intelligence and building of context and um attack chains right you know it's 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 effectively um uh, uh, giving you as as much ability as possible to 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 really understand um understand a, an attack or event that's happening inside of your estate um and to give you that 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 the context 
but also give you the tools to to action that you know at the same time right you know um i do feel like from a user interface and a user experience perspective um a lot of those tools yes there are a lot that you need to learn but once you've got them they're not overly complex to learn there's just um a lot of things that are you know are coming together to make that work seamlessly um and some log sources are free um i assume that's only first party microsoft log sources right um that's that's what they're they're, they're some of them mainly yeah. focus focusing on um but there is an element of free um free tiering there and i think like you've said with good with good and responsible um uh, picking of your data sources and the amount of data that's flowing in, you can get very optimized in terms of cost, you know, and um, effectiveness, right? You know, maybe not spewing absolutely every uh, row and all columns or, you know, full objects, you know, from your from your log source that's really, really noisy. Maybe sit down and spend time to filter those those log sources as they come in, right? You know, and to to, to really optimize your ingestion. And actually, sometimes you know, Sentinel can be highly cost effective, right? You know, um, in your organization. Yeah, and I think that's probably tying in with you know our our roles as MSSPs and things like that. That we have that uh, we have that knowledge of how to uh, optimize those those logs. You know, we do it with multiple customers and we have that background knowledge about all of that but also while sentinel is relatively easy to kind of set up in some scenarios it it can be quite a full-time team job to look after it and to deal with the instance the sock side of things and that's why you know we we you know have a managed service to to take that burden off customers and things like that just so that we can look after all that sort of stuff look after sentinel we know how to use it sort of thing. You know, we've got all that, you know, all that knowledge is there ready to, to be used sort of thing. And then, you know, the customer just has to deal with uh, us res- you know, responding to them saying, this has happened. What do you want us to do? Or we're going to invoke this action. You've told us we're allowed to do kind of thing. So yeah. I think there's yeah. that sort of part. It is depending on how big the organization is and how much risk there is about the business. Cause you know, small businesses may not have this thing, but it may be in a, in a, in a or, you know, in, in a um, vertical that is uh, high risk or, yep. you know, highly regulated upon yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I kind of see it as an ecosystem, right? You know, it isn't, it isn't just a one and done, you know, there is multiple aspects um, to Sentinel. And once you understand that ecosystem, you're going to, it's going to drive a lot of value for you, which could also lead to, um, you know, um, a large amount of uh, knowledge that you need to skill up on. But once you get there and once you see, you know, um, an event happening in Sentinel and and capturing it and automating on it, it is highly powerful, right? So it is, I I think it's worth the investment uh, of time. And because, because it is an ecosystem and all of the functionality and parts of Sentinel and all the logs are effectively in one place, you get this really nice joined up, you know, singular ecosystem flow, if that makes sense of, you know, um, from ingestion to detection to response, you get that, you know, that, that really, um, that really effective and efficient um, uh, process happening. Um, it's, it's, it's really great to see. Yeah. It's probably just worth quickly mentioning that 
Microsoft investing heavily in this product. Like there is changes once a month, every couple of months on the private preview programs, there is always things to be testing that are coming out that are going to improve it. So it's it's always evolving, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very very core. And I think when we do our XDR chat, it is effectively the nucleus of everything, right? <laughs> you know, it is the it's 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 the piece that can um, bring together bunches of different systems and logs and and feed you know in, in, you know feeds, right? So it is it is it is vitally critical. Um, to Microsoft's um, security strategy, right? So, um, so it's it's definitely something that is not going anywhere quickly, right? Like Alan says, there are a lot of updates to it that can also sometimes cause us some issues because, um, as much as it's great that there's new functionality all the time, um, onboarding that into an actual managed services um, has to be done with um, the the right amount of caution, right? But it's great to see that the innovation and the building and the community and the the feedback is being listened to and that microsoft are are really engaging um its security community to make it the best product it can be like you say it is it is very impressive to see the velocity at which they are working yep Okay, um, let's wrap that up for for Sentinel. If uh, anybody's got any questions about Sentinel, um, then yeah, uh, drop us a comment. Um, So uh, next episode, we're we're nearly coming to the end of season two now. Uh, We're going to go to episode 20 of season two. We're going to take a little break. We're going to make some changes um, and then we'll come back for season three. We won't leave it as long as we did the gap between (laughs) season one and season two. We're thinking like, Um, We'll finish up this side of Christmas for season two. Then we'll move on to season three in the new year. Um, We've we've got a lot of content planned for that season already and and what we want to focus on and what we want to do. And we're just going to try and improve um, quality and things like that going forward. Um, So episode 18. uh, So we'll do episode 18, episode 19, and then we'll finish on episode 20. Um, Episode um, 18, the next episode, is going to be around Defender for IoT. Now, Defender for IoT is a is a space that I have been focused on <laughs> for um, quite a while now um, because it is um, it's we, we need to do, okay we need to do Defender for IoT and then we have to do XDR after that I think Alan because yeah because um, I'm going to talk about uh, Defender for IoT in the context of XDR and why it's important um, and, and and what Microsoft is, is is doing because the IoT space is, to put it mildly, complex, right? <laughs> um, so and um, Microsoft's positioning of the product, I, I think is 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 really good, but there's an inherent complexity in the different um, types of IoT devices, which makes the positioning of Defender for IoT a complex job for Microsoft. So I'm going to try and demystify a, a couple of those because the calls <laughs> that I that I'm on with different people around Defender for IoT, the same questions keep coming up over and over again, right? Because it is uh, unless you've lived in it for a while, it is hard to understand and then to um, explain that to let's call it non-technical stakeholders as well, right? To get the value propositions across. So yeah, we're going to have a, uh, a sort of a a dive into Defender for IoT, what it's all about, um, and sort of the high level uh, concepts of it. So, um, so yeah, it should be should be fun. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do consider subscribing. If you'd like to listen to more of this sort of content in the future, we have many different topics that we'd like to cover, and your listens and support is what uh, continue to fool the podcast going forward. 
We also have the ability um, for the list- listeners to give us feedback or comments about this episode or the the series as a gem- as you know as general. Um, so within the show notes, there'll be a link in there. Um, send us over some feedback. Um, it really helps us, you know, uh, steer our, our content and make sure we're doing the right things. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks very much, Alan, for your time. And thanks everybody that's um, got to this part of the, <laughs> um, the episode. I think it's going to be a long one. So um, <laughs> cheers, everybody. And we'll, we'll, we'll uh, speak to you in the next one. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yep. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye.